1: Here it's my time to be the voice I listen to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
2: Hello. Hello. Uh, Thanks for downloading the podcast. I always mean to, to thank you for downloading the podcast at the beginning and then you know, I get distracted. Mm. I've got some bit of uh, neurotic thought that I need to express, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to start this week by thank you for downloading it. We appreciate it immensely. Uh, On to my neurotic thoughts. Then. Yeah. Uh, so, so two things that I feel they're quite closely related. Mm. So since we were last in a room together, mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of socialising. Mm-hmm. I went out for a meal with my friend Melanie. Oh, yeah. And my wife. Mm-hmm. And um, I chose the restaurant. Yeah. And I thought the food was very good, mm. but I didn't think she was very emphatic at all. You
3: wanted her to say, this is delicious, because you felt responsible. Yeah. So I think right. if
2: you choose a place, like i've i've had it before now where i've been out for dinner with somebody they've chosen the place i'm mm. putting revolting food into my mouth mm. but i've said oh this is lovely because i want to feel make them
3: feel good about their their, their choice i'm worried now that i haven't always done that i'm paranoid i no, I, I think you're pretty good at it do you okay yeah, okay yeah. i'm usually just grateful to be eating so yeah, to be out <laughs> i have very low standards at home so anything yeah. cook for me
2: yeah um but I, there are people like that. We've had friends of Sarah's over from America mm. and we've, like, shown them really lovely parts of London or whatever. Yeah. And if I'm in that situation, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Wow, I love it. I want to, want to give
3: something, you, yeah. you know, I want to give back.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people, they just don't feel the need. <sighs> what is wrong with those people? <laughs> it must have
3: been difficult for you, then. It is. Oh. And then... Um,
2: had my friend Dave round for dinner last night. Oh, yeah. He stayed over, so I cooked. And when I gave him the food, he said, oh, this looks beautiful. Okay. So I'm thinking, really, like, this is somebody who knows how to behave and to give the right kind of feedback. Yeah. And then he didn't say anything about it when he ate it. So
3: he only complimented the appearance. Yes. He didn't compliment the taste. No. No, he did eat it all. Okay, okay. Okay, well that's a that's a sign. But it
2: took me quite a long time to cook it, so it wasn't ready until about half past night. Okay, so stop. you could have just been very hungry at that point.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't want to say, do you like it then? No. Would <laughs> you like the taste? Because then,
2: then, then if you do that, you can't be sure that the response uh, you're getting is an honest
3: one. Because what they're going to go, actually, I wasn't that keen on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you.
2: The other thing that happened while Dave was over is we went out to buy the ingredients. And there is a, a greengrocer close to us where I get most of our fruit and veg from. And I tend to go in there, park the pram, and then Gene just sits looking at people and watching the world go by while I go round collecting fruit and vegetables. Okay. And almost invariably the people who work in the shop give him a banana. Oh. Well, you say that, right? But I don't really think he likes bananas. Oh. So if I go, if I see that they've given him a banana and I go over and peel it for him, mm. he tends to just drop it on the floor or throw it on the floor. And if I don't do that, he gnaws at the skin, <laughs> which I think makes me look like a bad parent. <laughs>
3: yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Allowing a baby to gnaw on banana skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what to do. Is there any way of conveying we're very grateful hmm. for the constant stream of free bananas however
3: he's not a banana guy (laughs) and a (laughs) t-shirt i'm just not a banana guy i don't know everyone made up
1: (laughs) if you're insightful and aligned with this vision you might be ready for the next phase jeff lloyd and annabel port Adrift.
2: If you haven't already, we would love to hear your story of social ineptitude. Please send us an email. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.
3: Firstly, from Commander Debbie Wickens. Come back with me to the late 1980s. There's a boom in the city. I've just left uni and had my first job working with a group of people who are far too trendy for the likes of me. My idea of a good night out is a nice quiet pub where there's a seat for everyone and it's not so loud that you have to nod and pretend you can hear what people are saying over the music. However, I'm trying to bond with my colleagues so I agree to join them at the Red Lion in Islington, famed for the theatre above it and a far trendier crowd than I'd ever mingled with. We arrived at a packed pub and found ourselves a place to stand. I was immediately starstruck as we noticed none other than Steve McFadden standing at the bar. The closest brush with fame I'd ever had before was attending the same funeral as Dave Allen, so this was a big deal. (laughs) I tried to keep my glances over to where he was standing at the bar, surreptitious. I should explain at this point that I'm not a small framed woman, but have a particular talent for becoming invisible to others as they try to negotiate their way through any crowded space. Such was my fate on this night. The path to the loo, the bar, the fag machine, the exit all seemed to run through the middle of me and I spent the whole evening being jostled and trying to rescue my pint of cider from certain doom. As a naturally meek person, I started out trying to take this in good part, but my patience wore thin as the night went on. I tried some passive-aggressive muttering under my breath moved on to loud sighs. Eventually, though, there was one massive jostle to my back too many and I broke, oh, for God's sake, loudly, exasperated. I turned to see that the guy who had knocked into me was a well-known at the time comedian, Saturday Night Live spots, with cerebral palsy. Used to being on stage, he could definitely project as he shouted me down. The pain of the moment has erased his exact words, but they're along the lines of a loudly voiced critique of me finding his disability inconvenient. The humming pub was suddenly silent. All eyes turned on me. Steve McFadden shook his head slowly, (laughs) with the disappointment of the bigot in the midst clear in his eyes. I consider some responses... I didn't know you were disabled when I shouted at you. I would have shouted at you even if you didn't have a disability. No, there was nothing I could say or do that would make this situation any better. So I did the only thing I could do, hid in the loo for half an hour, and then left. <laughs> Never to return to a pub without space for me to have a nice sit down again. I should have known that the air of Upper Street was just too rich for one such as me. Gosh, it feels good to confess. So
2: that that I feel there's a topic in there, something like accidentally non PC.
3: Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Then this is from Caroline. Listening to Pretending to Know What You're Doing brought back a memory of a new job where one day I had to go to another office in the city for a meeting with loads of new people. Being nervous about finding the place, not one of my strong points, doing a new job and meeting new people all added to the stress of the day. My boss was lovely though and we agreed to meet there. Feeling accomplished at finding the place and reassured that all the new people seemed friendly and nice, we went into the conference room. I was meant to be taking minutes for this meeting, so I asked my boss if I could use her laptop as it'd be quicker for me to type than write. She agreed and handed over the laptop, just as everyone was sitting down ready to start. We weren't sitting directly next to each other and didn't have a lot of time before the meeting started. I opened the laptop, preparing to open Word and get typing, but was met with a screen to enter a password, and I didn't know it. Rather than interrupt the person, starting the meeting and making introductions, I did the only thing I could. I acted like all was okay and clattered away on the keyboard, (laughs) pretending to type and making sure nobody near me could see the screen. I listened intently to everything being said as I knew I'd have to catch up afterwards, but then had the dreaded feeling that at some point I'd have to confront my boss and admit to what had happened. I weighed up the options and realised that apart from running away and leaving this job I'd just started, the only other option was to confess. My boss was astounded I didn't interrupt her and asked why I kept pretending to type. (laughs) Everything was okay, Even though nobody else ever knew about this, I always dreaded going back to the office as what if my boss had laughed behind my back and shared the story with them all? That's so oh, good, no, just sitting there pretending, blattering yeah. away, yeah, a locked screen, yeah,
2: anything where you really commit to uh, <laughs> to to a, a lie, I guess, yeah, yeah living yeah. a lie, yeah. Um, so yeah, any stories on that subject? Being accidentally. On pc shyness is nice, hiding, blurting stuff out, all the usual, please, we'd love to hear from you, please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: It's the person that sometimes get in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them. It's just that you don't like them that much. So you just kind of lose touch and uh, go. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Annabelle,
3: yes,
2: you have prepared a story. I
3: have.
2: Uh, what's it about this week?
3: It's about weird things I was obsessed with as a child. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is Pittman's shorthand. <laughs> so around the age of about seven or eight, I was utterly fascinated by shorthand. So my mum was a secretary, so there was a few shorthand books lying around the house, and I'd pore over them. I think because I just really loved the squiggles. I didn't ever actually learn it. i just copy them out. Make up some of my own, that kind of thing. I do now wonder, with shorthand, if it's quicker, why didn't it just replace longhand? Like, think of all the time that collectively (laughs) we could have saved. We might have invented the hangover prevention pill or found Lord Lucan or got decent mobile phone reception in all our homes. I do feel it has died out a bit now, like people just use dictaphones, Mm -hmm. don't they? Which is a shame as it means there are probably no eight-year-olds now like trying to do shorthand. (laughs) Around the same age, I also loved filling out forms. I feel there used to be a lot more forms that fell out of magazines especially Sunday supplement magazines I suppose the internet has killed that a bit yeah. hasn't it I can't really remember what they were for but it's, I think it's probably catalogue stuff like stuff where you'd get a free teas made or travel alarm clock mm. or set of three towels but to be clear I never sent these forms off I would just enjoy sitting down filling them out with all my personal details and I think I, it's a bit of me that quite enjoys it to this day that kind of I don't know maybe sort of organising your life on a bit of paper yeah, so, yeah. something very appealing I sometimes think that this This and the shorthand, whether I shouldn't have become a PA. But then I remember my terrible admin skills and failure to keep even a basic hold on stuff like the podications and emails and patron titles for this podcast. And I changed my mind. I also really liked reading the birth, deaths and marriages com- column in my parents' copy of the Daily Telegraph. I wasn't so interested in the marriages, but I loved the births and the deaths. <laughs> and I'd even do my own made-up column with made-up births and deaths as well.
2: <laughs> would the deaths be people you know? No, no, it was all just okay. made up. Yeah, Although
3: that would be quite sinister. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit worried now that I'm painting a picture of a very creepy kind of adult child sitting up in a dark, dusty attic, reading the Telegraph and doing shorthand. But it wasn't <laughs> like that because we didn't have an attic. And I... <laughs> And I would do some physical stuff as well because I also got very obsessed with doing handstands. And I don't mean doing them in the playground with other kids. I mean, I would spend the whole day, and I mean the whole day, in my bedroom on my own, doing a handstand against the wall and then kicking back slightly so I was just on my hands and then seeing how long I could stay like that. And I must have got up to several minutes. And, like, and it, it wasn't just me doing them because each time I would do them, I would pretend that I was one of 15 other imaginary people. And then each one... <laughs>
2: And then each one. So you're like some kind of imaginary aerobics class or something. Yeah, gymnastics it was, class. It was like
3: a handstand school. and It'd be like, okay, now <laughs> Hazel's turn. So then Hazel would get up and have her go. And then it'd be okay now Colette. And then I would write down their score. And then eventually there would be a winner. Was
2: this just your way of having a long rest in between handstands?
3: <laughs> no, 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 I would do all the handstands. I would, I would be both Hazel Colette and right, whoever follow. Okay, right. oh, no, I wasn't just. <laughs> I wasn't just sitting there, like, imagining someone to right, answer. Right. I, I was, you know, I was all the people. But I did end up getting very strong arms. Like, I must have looked like a child, but with arms like Madonna or Jeff Cates. <laughs> but I was did have very good upper body strength, all gone now, obviously. Um, One more thing. Mm. This is going to sound nice and normal at first. I was making jewellery. Now I'm going to tell you what I made the jewellery of. So the house I grew up in was on a very busy main road, the A13. And the house was set back slightly with a driveway and a small front garden With my dad built a rockery. I'm sure, sure that rockery looked nice on the A13. He <laughs> also tried growing ivy up the front of the 1970s new build house on the A13. Didn't quite take though. And we, we had a front door as well that was pretty identical to 10 Downing Street with the black gloss and all the brass fittings. And I would say that he would get out the brasso for those brass fittings more often than I take a bath <laughs> like it was it was at least twice a week he 'd be getting that out and giving it a rub down <laughs> anyway, in front of the rockery, there was a patch of grass that belonged to the council, and as I say, it was a very busy road, so there was a lot of people going past people used to throw a lot of rubbish onto it. Sorry, is, is my child starting to sound a bit too as as an Amazon sale? <laughs> if it's starting to sound too idyllic, I'll stop. Like I'm making people too envious. <laughs> so what i do is I'd comb the litter for cigarette butts, of which there were lots, and then I'd peel everything away from the butt until the, all that remained was the foam filter. Oh. And then I'd get a needle and thread and thread several of them in, into necklaces and bracelets. Oh. Now, I only did it a few times because I did try to give one to my mum and she didn't seem very keen. It feels strange to me now that I was old enough to use a needle and thread, but not old enough to realise that nobody would want to wear a load of strangers' old fag butts around their neck. I'm not giving up, though, because, Jeff, it's your birthday soon, isn't it? And I'm going to do you a lovely fag butt signet ring.
1: Adrift. Under your control. With Jeff, Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
2: Just our weekly reminder that if you would support the show on Patreon, we would be incredibly grateful Um We love doing this every week and we'd love to be able to continue, to be able to continue. Ideally, I wouldn't be homeless because we record the podcast in in my house and it it would just be difficult if we weren't able to have a roof over our heads Mm. and electricity to, to plug the kit into. I mean, theoretically, we could do it with a generator. But you know, then right. we'd have to get a generator. We'd have to put petrol into it. It it, it would be di- it would be more difficult if we didn't have a roof over our heads.
3: It's hard to imagine it happening on the streets. Yeah, yeah.
2: So and, and also, you know, what if a passerby stopped to ask for directions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, or, or an ice cream van came past and I got distracted and just wanted an ice cream. Yeah. I mean there are many things mm-hmm. that I'm not saying it would be impossible to do the show if we became homeless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it would it would be difficult as well. Mm. And you know, we'd be these vulnerable people living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh we'd we'd have our children taken away from us presumably by yeah. social services. Yeah, yeah. Uh and that wouldn't be conducive to a good frame of mind for thinking up you know, things to talk about on the podcast ah, probably be quite yeah. distracting. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm aware of my privilege here, but mm. I, I do think it's it's one of the yeah you know, base level things we need really to keep the podcast going. Yeah. is keeping a roof over our heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you support us on Patreon, you really are helping helping uh, keep that keep that roof up there. Keep that wolf from the door. Yeah, thank to you. make some of metaphors. Yeah, so. Um, you can support us at patreon.com stroke adrift that's patreon.com stroke adrift and um and Annabelle, yes we are a week away from publication date for your book for people who didn't pre-order it on Unbound yes, yes. they'll be able to get it in all the usual all the quality sellers. and when I say all quality I mean of all the different qualities low and
3: high <laughs> yeah the 19th it comes out you can get it online or yeah in a bookshop I yeah. think
2: so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you. we'll are you going to do a little we talked about you doing a little um, party or reading or something
3: yeah I was going to do a reading wasn't I a bookshop but like when I spoke to someone about it, they went oh yeah do your local bookshop and I, we've only got like an Oxfam second and bookshop, and I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's the sort of thing they do. I don't know. So, I need to find like an, an unlocal bookshop. You should
2: use uh, big green books. Yeah, that's a lovely bookshop in North London, and um, and Simon from the shop was on an early edition yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I think he would be amenable to it or amenable. Okay, which is it, amenable or amenable? Amenable sounds better. It's this thing of being again. I've talked about this before, but being married to an American, And mm. forgetting how to pronounce <laughs> the proper way to pronounce words. But he could do that.
3: Maybe maybe yeah. do, do a few little ones. Could do yeah. Tour. We could go on tour. Yeah, tour. Yeah, tour sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> how long have I got? A week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh anyway, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll talk more about that next week, I imagine. And if you would support us on Patreon, then that would mean the world to us. Patreon.com stroke adrift.
1: Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard, It's uh, just $4 a month, you can give the money to this charity, and then uh, it will just come straight out of your bank account, and then we can turn into an evil corporation, and take over the universe, and then kill babies, and small children, and women. Jeff
2: Lloyd, um,
3: Annabelle Port, adrift.
2: Let me tell you about something that happened to me just yesterday.
3: Okay.
2: So, I was on the London Underground. Yeah. And sitting diagonally opposite me was a man on the fold-down seats, which I think are for mothers and disabled people primarily. Okay. But I'm not saying he was occupying a seat that should have been somebody else's because it was quite an empty tube. Right. But he was sitting on one of these fold-down seats. Yeah. He'd strewn around several bags right. uh, on the seat next to him yeah. and, and in front of the seat next to him. Yeah. But that's, that's not the misdemeanor. Right. The misdemeanor is yeah. that he was sitting cross-legged on the seat
3: What's wrong with that?
2: No, yeah, I, th- I think you're misunderstanding me. I don't mean he got his legs crossed. I mean he was sitting cross-legged oh. on the seat. Oh,
3: he's, oh, sorry, I thought you meant like sort of le- like a sort of typical lady. Oh no, pose. he had no. his feet up on the seat, cro- like well, a kid. cross so cross-legged. I, I
2: took a picture of it. So there's there's oh, the picture. No, he described that to people.
3: No, well, it's exactly as you said. He's on the flip down seat. He's sitting cross-legged. He's it's almost like a yoga pose. Yeah. Though.
2: Now the difficulty is if you if you look very carefully. Yeah his feet aren't touching the fabric of the seat. Mm, it's
3: true because of the way he's doing it. So but even
2: so, it's a bizarre behaviour.
3: Child.
2: So I take a picture of him right. and then after he gets off, yeah. I'm, I've got an app on my phone which allows me to pixelate the face so he's unrecognisable. <laughs> right, right. And then I start composing a tweet um, of this photograph with the caption, society's norms are breaking down or something <laughs> yeah, along yeah. those lines. Right. As I'm doing so, yeah. there's a young man next to me yeah. and he interrupts and he says, you think that's okay, do you? <gasps> I said, I'm sorry. He says, you think it's okay to just take a picture of somebody and put it on the internet? No. And I said, well, I've pixelated his face. He went, you still think that's okay? So said, I do think that's okay because he's not recognisable. If, if he was, then I wouldn't think it was okay, but I made a point of pixelating his face. He went, well, how would you like it if somebody did that to you? I said, well... You know, if, if they'd made it so I wasn't identifiable, I'd think I probably had it coming to me by sitting like that.
3: I can't believe this. And
2: then the guy says to me, I, d- I don't want to talk to you anymore, mate. <gasps> no! So what I think happened was he didn't realise I'd pixelated the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and And... and even though I think it's an insane behaviour to to like get into it with somebody on the tube like that and st- start criticising them, I think he ha- he would have had a point if I hadn't done that. But then when he real when I told him that I had, he, he was unable to back down. He had too much pride. Yeah. He wasn't able to say, "Oh, sorry, fair enough."
3: But he could confront you with what I consider to be a lesser crime than the more major crime of someone sitting cross luggage on a seat. But he wouldn't com- didn't confront him. No.
2: So, I mean, am I, I I feel quite strongly I'm in the right, yeah, but am I? I don't know. I found out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> this week I sought the advice of my friend, Josh Weller. He's in a band called The Kenneths. This is what they sound like. So Josh, I wanted to talk to you about this because um you you yourself, you've been on the receiving end of having your picture taken and then it it ended up online.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happened a few times. Yeah.
2: Can can you tell me about that experience?
0: There was a time that I was on, I think it was Vice. The Vice website have a thing where they would photograph people in, you know, and they wouldn't they wouldn't tell you when they were taking the picture what it was for.
2: And if, if people was... if people don't know what Vice is, uh, it's it's it basically is the notorious hipster media company that started as a website and a magazine and it's taken over the world, right?
0: But no, I I was on there. They had a they had a this has happened a few times where they do pictures of people and go yes or no. And then they say yes, you know, they hot or not, or you know, like fashionly, are, are you acceptably dressed? By so, are you,
2: are you a fashion hit or a fashion miss? This sort of thing. Well,
0: on, in that t- on that time and and ninety five percent of the others, I was a miss. Yeah. But you are
2: but, a fashion forward person. When I first well, first knew you, you think would if you're gonna... dress in a manner not dissimilar to Basil Brush. You would have like a tweed cape on and and plus fours and <laughs> an minute, open bow tie around. Hang on, oh, I didn't always in.
0: wear. Hang on, I didn't always wear tweed cape i wore a tweed cape cape for about a week
2: no i, I think it was longer than that and and, and also when I, you say you wore it for a week it was like a kid when it gets new shoes and it won't take them off and wants to sleep in them <laughs> yeah. you would never yeah, see yeah. him without that tweed cape on yeah i was answering the door to builders in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know so but the idea being that you are fashion forward if people uh, well, you know, look mean, up your band they will see that you're this this you know you're, you're this punky guy now
0: so. I don't, I mean, I just think that – I mean, you also have to take it in your stride. If you're going to be mixed race and walk around London, you know, with a mohawk and rolled up trousers, some people are going to call you a dick. You know, it's, it's just it's part of the package, I think. You right. know, it's, I can only be myself. So, but, um,
2: so what were you wearing when they took a photo of you for Vice then? I don't remember. I think it was a long – I think <laughs> –
0: I don't know why they put it in the knot section. I think I was wearing a trench coat, a bow tie, plus fours, a tweed jacket, <laughs> and a multicolored shirt. I I don't fully understand why that ended up in the knot section. Right, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and, and then what happened? Just, you know, just hundreds of,
0: that's the thing with, the thing that terrifies me about about social media is just there's no accountability and it's total anonymity so just people can just say whatever they want so i mean i can't remember i I know someone called me a pakistani kramer okay um which was uh i mean actually i mean quite a good insult but also <laughs> you know um that one was there. Yeah. that was probably
2: the best one so i was hoping to get from you some some insults that i could be simultaneously horrified at but sort of amused by but as soon as there's a racial em- uh, element in there i don't feel comfortable laughing at it
0: yeah but you see i am mixed race so i can laugh. yes at it, of so course okay yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um and were people
2: uh, vicious c- then was there a viciousness
0: yeah, there's always a viciousness to when, when, as soon as you put anything on the internet, there's a viciousness to it, right? Yeah. But again, equally, if you're going to choose to dress that way, probably part of you's asking for it or, or wants it as well, you know?
2: So, do you think I was in the right to take a picture of this guy because he was contravening the norms of society by sitting up cross legged on, on a fold down seat on the tube?
0: I think I've seen worse things that I have in photographs. Well, it's it's, it's a sliding it's a
2: sliding scale, and you know it's not good. It's whichever way you carve it, it's not good behavior, right? So was he? He was sat, Was he barefoot? He wasn't barefoot. No, but all I wanted to hear really was that I was in the right, and I, I feel you've given me at least some of that, Jeff.
0: I think you are one hundred percent in the right. <laughs>
1: Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port Hi It's a show And it's also A demeanour
2: Oh a couple of quick things mm. um, An old colleague of ours uh, Had had a baby recently Oh yeah? Um, and she put a picture up on Facebook So I liked it Yeah Is that enough?
3: <laughs> Is it just a colleague that you're not in contact with? anymore? Yeah world? Totally fine.
2: You don't think I should have commented as well? No, a like is fine. Right? I'm not. I'm
3: not the person to ask. Who do you do realise this, <laughs> but in my opinion, that a like is totally fine.
2: Okay, good, good. That, that was one thing I had to ask you about. Um, the other thing that I wanted to uh, to to mention at this juncture is, you know, I was talking about I'd hurt my back.
3: Oh yes, yes. Yeah.
2: So I've been to a physiotherapist a yeah. few times. I was in the waiting room waiting to go in on Thursday, mm. and. She was having such a laugh with the person before me. Right. <laughs> and then I was feeling a bit jealous because I wanted to be her favourite patient yeah, or client yeah. or whatever you call them. Yeah. So then I go in and I, I really try to turn on the charisma and be charming and, and funny. Yeah. And at best I get some giggles.
3: Oh, but nowhere near the hilarity. No. Oh, Jeff, this is awful. So
2: would that eat away at you if you knew that the person, the yeah. your physiotherapist was treating before you? Was She thought they were the... the...
3: Why were they so funny? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it would annoy me. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) Drift,
1: Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. If you get close enough, you can taste the freshness.
2: Time now for the section of the podcast where we will give you the rules of any given human interaction if you're unsure of how to behave in a little thing that you like to call quandary corner at the glap clinic in problematic
3: first one's from paula hello jeff and annabelle i'm a long time podister it's my birthday today and i've just got back from a lovely meal with my lovely partner on the doorstep was a bag of presents from my mum and sister Now, can I just say, my niece stayed with me last year to save money for travelling to Australia. From the moment she moved in, it seemed we were surrounded by flamingos. Every shop, every ad, every TV programme. We became known as the flamingo-loving people. I don't know why. However, for a birthday present from my sister, I'm now the proud owner of two flamingo egg cups and spoons, a flamingo bag and diary. To be fair, the bag is Hessian and quite cute. But when is it acceptable not to own the egg cups anymore? She lives in Leicester and I'm in London. How do I not own them without offending? Much appreciate your advice, Paula. So the thing is people
2: buy you gifts and if it's something like a picture that goes on the wall, Mm. you're in trouble. Big trouble. (laughs) Big trouble. (laughs) However, with something like an egg cup... They, they would have to come to your house and say, oh, do you know what I'd love right now is a boiled egg. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, d- I don't know your living situation, but I would be tempted, I think,
3: to just squirrel them away somewhere. Squirrel them away. Make sure when that person visits that you never have any eggs. Yeah. And then make sure, say, the shop doesn't have any eggs as well, the nearby shop. I mean, and in, in that can...
2: case, you might as well just throw them away.
3: So I mean, throw them away.
2: So I was thinking, like, stick them at the back of a cupboard or in the loft or oh, something clutter. like that. Yeah, 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 charity shop. Yeah, I yeah. uh, do what Annabelle says. <laughs> I mean, you've you've had a similar thing over the years where people have bought you many many things to do with pigs.
3: Yeah, I mean, the difference you, is, you is you I do pigs. I do you like do. pigs. Yeah, but
2: it's become that thing where people buy you pig themed memorabilia and souvenirs, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you don't like all of the things you receive.
3: No, it's never got. I have to say, it's never got to the stage where I thought, what am I going to do with this? No, it's it's never it's never got out of control. I'm hearing that, and I hear it as a challenge. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> now more John Travolta pictures. That now that's what I need. That's what I need in my house.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. So you you just think bin it. Yeah. Because th-
3: keep the bag. The bag mm. sounds nice. In fact, I can picture it. I've seen it. I know that bag It's nice. Right. Keep okay. the bag. Ditch the rest of it.
2: Okay. Uh, onto to the next one. Okay. That
3: was, that was very easy. Yeah, yeah. This is from Grand Duke Andrew. Walking into a little Sainsbury's, I asked a homeless man sat outside if he needed anything. He asked for a cappuccino with five sugars, by the way. <laughs> this little Sainsbury's has one of those coffee machines inside. He took it appreciatively and drank it immediately while I stood nearby waiting for my wife at the station. As soon as he'd finished he launched the empty cup over his shoulder and into the street. Oh, no. Now, an entirely imagined sense of responsibility came over me. Had I caused this litter? Is everyone now expecting me to pick it up? Will he then see that as a slight? <laughs> I think he would see it as a slight if he picked it up. It would be, come on now, don't be a litter bug. <laughs>
2: yeah, so so firstly, I think you are absol- absolved of all responsibility. You mm. don't need to worry about that coffee cup in that situation. Um. And, and then there's an interesting ethical question, isn't there? Because, hmm. you know, you come round here sometimes. Sometimes it's tidy and sometimes it's a tip. <laughs> but it's up to me how I keep my house. Yeah. And in some ways the outdoors is this guy's house. Oh,
3: good. Yeah, I mean, I like I like your thinking. It is his, it's his his house? It's his domain. So why can't he just throw it on the floor? Yeah, it's a really good point.
2: Yeah, it's, but then it's, it's also other people's. It yeah, it doesn't stand up also to any also scrutiny. Other people's house. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I don't think that it's it's your responsibility anymore. I don't. I think once you pass that cup over, it's not yours anymore. I think
2: he should have got his own sugar.
3: What do you mean, carry around a big bag? What do you mean get his own sugar? I don't.
2: I think if you're buying somebody a, a cappuccino, it's yeah. not you know, from a machine, it's not up to you to be like getting sugars and stirring it up for him.
3: But then he'd have to go in and do that himself. Stretch his legs.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that happened to me yeah. on a similar vein. Yeah. So I was going into a Marks and Spencer Simply Food. Yes. Um, I just wanted to treat myself to do some nice little tiffin bites in there. So I was going in. It was when it was snowing. So going back to when it was snowing. Uh, and I had the baby with me in the pram. And it's very cold. And as I'm going in, there's a big issue seller outside, a lady. And she stops me. And she does that kind of gesture to the mouth of food. Like, mm. can you get me some food? So I, and so it's really cold. And I feel like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. What, I said, what do you want? And she's trying to tell me. But the only word I can make out is chicken. So I'm thinking she wants like a chicken sandwich or something. But I can't quite understand. So in the end, she says, I'll show you. She, she knows that. Yeah. So we go inside, and she takes me to the meat aisle and she shows me a full chicken <laughs> and she says, three for £10. <laughs> Like a full chicken. But does she want three uh, uncooked. chickens? Uncooked.
2: She wants three uncooked chickens. She wants
3: three uncooked chickens. Three <laughs> for a pound. Now, I should point out this as well, that I've not eaten meat for like 25, 30 years. No, yeah, 25, 30 years. No, yeah. 20, yeah, 25, 30 years. Yeah. Very rare. I buy meat for the dog. <laughs> tinned me, you know, meat, like yeah. food. But I don't buy meat. Yeah. So I'm like, you know. There's an ethical thing here as well. And yeah. also... Like, I, I want to buy her a chicken sandwich that costs two quid. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily want to buy her three whole chickens. Yeah. Why don't you take her and show her some corn? <laughs> what would you do in that situation? Then I'll tell you what I did. I mean,
2: the the truth of it is, I would have considered myself in too deep at that stage. I'd be, like, kicking <laughs> myself that I'd, like, allowed myself into a situation where i have been taken into the shop and had something pointed out to me. Yeah, yeah. But I... I Oh God! I don't think I'd be able to bail out. I would have just like bought three chickens and then hated myself. <laughs> three I think. uncooked chickens. Yeah.
3: Okay. I tell you what I did. Yeah. Oh no! And now I feel bad. No. No. Go on. Okay. I bought one uncooked chicken for five pounds. I thought, oh, I can't. I can't buy. I, said, I can't buy you three. I'll just get you one. <laughs> you think I'm really awful, don't you? No, I don't. I, don't. I mean, how is she going to get them home? was, like, really heavy? Three uncooked chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this is bad to say, like, the, she's a big issue seller.
2: Are you, you're not about to use the old beggars can't be choosers. No, line, absolutely are you? not. Right, right. I'm
3: just wondering, like, where she's going to cook them as well. But, I mean, maybe these people have, like, sh- some kind of home. An oil drum. Oh, Jeff. What? On a skewer? I'm just. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I bought her one. Oh. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? And I did the wrong thing. I should have bought three, and I feel really guilty now. I sometimes
2: think that. Uh, because the the trouble is, like, there's a big problem with homelessness in this country mm, at the yeah. moment. I've I've not not seen it this bad in since the early 90s. I don't think. Okay. But do you not think when you're going sort of up and down the high street, it's yeah. it's really chronic at the minute? So it's so often the case that in the space of a couple of hundred meters, you'll pass three different homeless people, mm. and. Yeah, I don't. I never know what to say if you give money to one and then the next one, you can't say, "Oh, I just gave some money to your colleague." Your colleague, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what?
3: what do you... Yeah, yeah. And then went back the next day, and there were chicken bones all over the floor. What should I have done? No, weren't really. <laughs> it's her home. If she wants yeah. to throw chicken bones on the yeah, floor, yeah. that's fine.
2: Yeah. Uh, tell us, please. Um, I don't know that we did a, a great job of. Um, answering that one really Mm. what what the rules are but I mean I I, I think the honest answer is I think you're overthinking it once you've handed over the coffee yeah yeah it's not your business I agree anymore yeah um but please if you have a situation where you would like to know the rules you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com And that was our podcast. Thanks for downloading it and please share the word. Maybe you could write little notes and slip them between the pages of the books in your local library. Or if you're in a quiet cafe, you could tap out a message in Morse code saying, listen to Adrift. I don't know Morse code, so I can't help you with that, but it's it's very easily Googleable. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And advice this week came from Josh Weller, you can find him on Twitter and also you should listen to his band they' called the Kenneths. They've got stuff up on uh, all the usual in all the usual places like Spotify and Apple music and so on and uh, and um, if you get a chance to go and see them live, they are a fantastic live act. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Barbu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos we would love it if you supported our podcast on Patreon I will spare you the uh, the hard sell about keeping a roof over our heads again you can always rewind if you want to go back to that bit but we really do appreciate it and if you enjoy the podcast it's uh, it's a great way for you to show your support patreon.com stroke adrift and please share your story with us no matter how painful you are amongst friends Me, Annabelle and your fellow drifters would love to hear it. Hello at adriftpodcast.com and that is the same email address if you need to know the rules of uh, any given social situation in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. And finally, thanks to my greengrocer for the bananas. Yes, we have no bananas.
1: Adrift.
2: Okay, podication time. Few of these to get through. The first one comes from Mark who says, Hi both.
3: Hi. Hi.
2: Will you please forgive a self-indulgent request for a podication for myself as I retire from the police on the 10th of April after 30 years? Wow. I'll be listening on the train on the 11th of April as we travel from Birmingham to London to watch Hamilton as a treat for the family. Oh, I'm very envious. Yeah, here hear that's amazing. I've been on the web. You know, I left it too late to book tickets and then it's booked up for years and
3: Really? Years, wow.
2: Yeah. Um, and to say thank you to them for all the years of grumpiness caused by shift work. Mm. You know a thing or two about that, don't you? I can relate to that. And missing events such as Christmas and birthdays. So... To Mary and children, Abby and Nate, thank you for everything. I love you and can't wait to share my retirement with you. Thank you both, Mark. Oh, that's nice. That's an incredible thing, 30 years. Oh, I mean, yeah. 18 years felt big. A lifetime. And then, um, but 30, I mean, it's, it's almost twice that, isn't it? And also having done something worthwhile with your life as well. Yeah, that <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really mm. sort of served the community in mm. that way. That's, uh, that's great. I hope you enjoy your retirement mm. rattling around. Yep. You could still do some citizens arrests. A oh, good now point and again. to
3: keep to keep a hand yeah. in, yeah.
2: This comes from Steph in Belfast. who says, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. hi. Hope you both keep him well. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind doing a publication for Gary and I around the 12th of April to wish us a happy fourth anniversary together. Gary introduced the drift to me before Christmas by saying there are people out there who are socially awkward like me, although he would still insist that I am the most socially awkward person out there. I've now caught up with all the episodes and I've given you the five stars you deserve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much thank you uh gary has been witness to awful social episodes such as me forgetting what i'm ordering in restaurants and just staring at the waiter <laughs> oh god oh god <laughs> and uh, getting an excessively itchy nose when i make eye contact with people i don't know oh no
1: oh god
2: <laughs> uh, but thankfully we've managed to put my awkwardness behind us as we will be getting married next august um I, I'm I'm awkward, and I got married, and so's is Annabelle. So it, it it can it can be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Annabelle's marriage didn't last, but no, that wasn't down to the. Wasn't related. No, no, we'd it's done, unrelated. We'd, we'd be getting into the weeds to go into that. Yeah, now, yeah, know? yeah. But, uh, so I wouldn't yeah you know, read too much into that. No. Um, I don't really know how to end this. But that was Annabelle's problem. <laughs> um, sorry, but I hope you will read this out. Uh, we'll I'll have to awkwardly explain how I contacted you both, but it didn't work out. Thanks in advance, mm-hmm. Steph from Belfast. Well, congratulations for yeah. years together. That is, uh, is an achievement. And finally, this comes from Mitch, who says. Any chance for publication on the 11th of April as I'll be in Florida on a sunbed and it'll be great to hear you whilst away. Oh, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you would start a new topic, I think this would file under personal awkwardness, namely stage fright. Ah, Yes, this, this could be... Let's see what you got here. Okay. Uh, it's been a constant bugbear of mine for years. For example, I was on a stag do at a comedy club a few years back when I almost wet myself as I'd overdone it on the Diet Coke. Obviously, you know, better than to get up in front of any comedian mid-routine, so I had to sit there cross-legged. Finally, the break came and everyone made their way to the toilets. As you can imagine, it was full of stag parties and there weren't many people queuing for the ladies. Um, Now it starts in my head, the dread of not being able to let the flow commence. I finally reach the urinal, do all the manly things, like (laughs) making a big show of getting the old fella out, (laughs) um, when all of a sudden it's like a force comes down and stops me being able to start. (gasps) Meanwhile, I'm ever aware of the time it's taking and that there's other people coming and going next to me, which only heightens my awareness that I'm taking too long. And with that, I even have the audacity to shake it and put him back in all the time, still needing to go.
3: Oh, God, this sounds awful.
2: See, you don't know about it. No, I
3: know nothing about this.
2: So I've been in this situation. I'm fortunate that even though I would expect myself to suffer from this chronically, it doesn't happen to me that often. But the one bit of solace I've found in it is you're never really aware of what's going on with the person next to you. Okay, no. So you never think, very occasionally think, that's a good stream he's got going. (laughs) Right. But by and large, you don't know if they're peeing or not peeing, and the same is true of you, so I I wouldn't worry that that much about Mm. it or not. It's such a weird psychological thing, though. Um, This is purely a problem between my ears and not my legs, and I know this because once I'm in a cubicle, it's all fine, but the queue for these were longer. Anyway, I'm going off grid for a while as I've had a few mentions now and I feel I need to let others others have a chance. <laughs> P.S. Can you make the podcast a bit longer? Later's regards. Mitchell. Um so I never know what the ideal length of the podcast is. I think it's a nice length. I think so. Like it would sort of, I feel anywhere between forty and fifty minutes is a good length. And I think it has been a shy a bit shy of that a couple of times. I don't know if today's will be when it's all put together. But it's just um it's largely just down to how much has happened to us during the week. Yeah. Some bits are just fixed—the email from you and stuff. But uh, and, and and the incident—you sort of know roughly how long those are going to be. Or Annabelle's stories, but yeah, you know, we don't know if Annabelle's going to get accosted by a homeless person so they can see no. uh, three for three chickens for ten pounds or not. You just no. don't, you just don't know. No, no, it's unpredictable. Um but yeah apologies if it is a bit short sometimes it's just when there's other stuff on and you don't have as much time to um to uh it's, but it, it i would say you don't have enough time to think about it but it's not i mean it's just some weeks i don't really leave the house very much <laughs> <laughs> which is good for my social awkwardness in mm, a way yeah, yeah i'm not putting myself in terrible situations but it's bad for the podcast because nothing's happened to me um and yeah I do think this this is an area that we could look into toilet stage fright okay but but I thought it was it went in a different direction to what I thought it was going to because I think sort of more literal stage fright is probably another good topic for us yeah like being interacted with as a, as an audience member
3: Oh, because I
2: dread it. Yeah. I really dread it. And even though people have this idea that it's going to happen at comedy clubs, a lot of the sort of comedy nights of the comedians we would have on the show, it, they're not that type of shows, and they don't want people to shout out and view it as annoyance. Mm. I know there are sort of comedy clubs which are more hen nighty and uh, and a bit of a bear pit, but it it doesn't happen that often. That all that being said, Sarah my wife does a bit of comedy and she's still at the stage where she does some fairly depressing, mostly empty open mic rooms. And I've been along to some of those on the occasion. And you get these inexperienced comedians who who just want to talk to audience members and I want to die. Oh, it's just the worst yeah, thing. I yeah. think if you're a so- certain type of person, like you just wouldn't even countenance going to some things in case you got interacted with. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, there's, there's probably some good stories in that as well, yeah. I think. Um, and that's all from Mitchell. Interestingly, uh, I can see from Mitch's email signature that he works in plumbing, so <laughs> it's a bit of an irony there. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, latest edition of the podcast is podicated to Mitch, and it's podicated to Gary and Steph, and from Mark to Mary and Abby and Nate. And if you'd like a podication, you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com.